met this six-year-old child in this blank, pale, emotionless face. The blackest eyes, the devil's eyes. You take the red pill, you stay in Wonderland, and I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. Welcome to our episode of Subconscious Realms. I'm your host, General Lee, and for tonight, we've got a swap cast. And we welcome back Algin the Ninja of Threshold Saints, but also we are honoured to be part of launching a spanking new podcast from one of our very own, who actually joined Subconscious Realms um, as my guest for his very first podcast. What was it? Now around May this year, May 2023. Um, episode 206, um, and that was Nightmares, uh, the Dream Realm, struck Dreamscape Realm. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the host and creator of the Ghoulcast, Vinny. Now then, gentlemen. Hey, General Lee. Hey, Vinny. Hi. Hey, Lee. How's everyone doing? Good. Good. Sound. Good. Really excited for this. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Thank you oh, for that introduction. Well. Appreciate not it. a problem, mate. Not a problem. But um, I'll tell you what, for the launch, mate, um, this is a, a mint series to start off with. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, yeah. Both, both me and Jen are both uh, horror heads. And, um, you know, Dario Argento is uh, he's one of the fucking yeah. masters. He's a master of horror. Oh, yeah. Yeah, sure. I'm, I'm quite the horror aficionado myself and yes um he's probably one of my favorites i'd have to say like yes he he uses a very like similar plot structure at times like just almost like a slasher but it's it's always interesting enough and there's more to the story so it just kind of draws you in in a way yeah 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 I totally agree. And it's interesting because a lot of the 70s directors did use not formulaic plots, but definitely there was a narrative structure that was repeated over the course of their career. And I think especially right. like from some of the notes that you sent me, I think that this is going to be really interesting because I think it's the kind of heroic structure, we'll say, of this film or the kind of like story that it tells is just so perennial and interesting in relation to some of the correspondences and maybe cabalistic themes that are in the movie so i'll let you kind of like uh introduce it Vinny. but yeah i'm really excited yes yeah yeah sure so um do you you want me to kind of talk about the tie-in a little bit first or just talk about the movie in general um, well, what, what, whatever way you see fit, mate, what, what do you think would be most beneficial for our listeners to get a grasp on? On, um, yeah. I mean, I mean, um, 
we'd like them to, to actually just, watch the film as well. Yeah. Yeah, it's just like, um, it's a really unique, I guess, take on witchcraft in a way. Um, I mean, the first mother, uh, Helena Marcos, the um, lady of size. So this one would be kind of air, I guess. And um, uh, she's just, I don't know how to quite ex explain it, but um, uh, I forget what the quote was, but Time, mate. I'm fine. You know. Yeah. Vinny, but, um, anyways. Sorry, go ahead. Sorry, Vinny. I didn't mean to sorry. No, no, no. Yeah, sorry. I, I just um, I just lost my train of thought. But the interesting thing about um, this mother, Mother Suspiriorum, is that she was a real life witch. She was a Greek witch, and. Um, she had been kicked out of several uh, countries for trying to set up uh, sort of uh, occult shops and stuff like that. Like a coven? So, was, she, was she trying to set up a coven like that? Sort of, but it was almost like some sort of uh, esoteric institute in a way, in a dance academy. Yeah. Dance Academy, yeah, yeah, and that, that makes yeah. sense with Suspiria, especially. Yeah, yeah. And I guess, like, um, uh, I guess these movies are seem like they're trying to tap into some sort of, like, primal or uh, primordial witchcraft. Like, these witches are manifest in a physical way but they're just some sort of like force of nature or uh, destruction and chaos that can't really be stopped. Yeah, I think that's a great way to describe it. Um, yeah. Vinny, why don't you explain, I don't know how much you want to get into it, but why don't you introduce the concept of the Kabbalistic uh, Three Mothers and how you think it relates to what we're doing and just say the path and like the spheres it's between so people who can can look at a tree and follow along with you. Okay, so um, I'll, I'll give a little description from this book I have. So the three mothers, wind, water, and fire, and they are great and wondrous mystery veiled within the unknowable by six seals and out of them were born the fathers mother fire created sky mother water created earth and mother wind maintains balance between them that is really incredible so you think that or it, your kind of thesis for this film is that it's the mother of air versus spiria is that correct yeah, I believe so, because um, really? there's, I guess what I was <laughs> I was stumbling over before is there's a lot of, um, like, wind in this movie, mm -hmm. like, windy things blowing, and actually at one point in the movie, um, I, we're led to believe, I guess, this mother 
turned into uh, this like gargoyle statue type thing on top of uh, mm-hmm. almost like a courthouse building, like it, yes. that that sort of structure. And so, yeah, you see it there, then it's not there. And then um, I believe the dog kills the blind man. Yes. Um, and I mean, it's it's interesting with the dog too. I don't, I get, I don't know all the dog symbolism, but I know a little bit. Um, no, the dog is super fascinating, and I will just say, like to pre, like as a pre, I don't know, whatever, proceed the series that I am not that great at the tarot associations with Kabbalah, but I do can relate it in to the tantric series that general lee and i did and like the Mm -hmm. dog obviously is very prominent he's like the representation of the time king um also for the courthouse i don't know did you did you have anything for the numerology of the courthouse because i don't want to like take over your episode or like say anything that you didn't that you did already um no I, i if you have something for that go go ahead oh i just there's seven pillars to the courthouse and I also thought it was interesting that the eagle was facing like a it was a left-handed eagle. So I just thought oh, that was okay. very interesting, like facing I, the face left. Yeah. Well, what I did think is um, now that you said that, it made me think. It it reminded me of like the um, the Freemason eagle kind of like mm-hmm. like I the dual-headed eagle, but it was just you know one portion or half of it whatever yeah 100 yeah. uh, just, just one thing sorry to interrupt um this dog now i have seen it's been a while since we've seen i'm talking years was it a black dog he's like Is black and bald oh wow, okay right He's like a German shepherd, but he's he's mostly black, but he, he has a little gold. He wasn't, they didn't do a pure black one, but I actually think the black and gold makes a lot of sense if we're thinking like um, Kabbalah and like it would be like a, it would be Banah, right? So black and gold, like very much. Show, uh, show. Yeah. And obviously coming from the, you know, it's like a, it's a king of the earth. So like if we're talking about like who that would, eru- that like the king of time would also arrive or arise at Bana. So I think that's really interesting. Sorry, Vinny, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, that's a, that, that, that was amazing. And um, uh, also that that's the color of the, um, the school on the outside, mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. black and gold. Mm-hmm. And I guess when you also think about black and gold, like the black cube and stuff, Mm-hmm. Yes. And uh, I don't know if you saw it, Vinny, but the there is a unicursal hexagram. If you look under the archway, um, when the camera pans, when she's walking through the archway, through the front door in the, the next day, or I think you can actually see it in the rain in the first couple scenes. But there, so there's a weird kind of like pattern and you can't really tell there's a couple other times where the camera kind of pans under the archway and you can see it that it makes a universal hexagram i just thought that was really interesting i don't know if i noticed that honestly but um it the um 
kind of one eye symbolism in the witch's chamber. It was like the yeah, like the Illuminati eye. It had, yeah. I believe, it had blue on the left and red on the right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, th- I thought that was interesting, and it definitely gave me the, I guess, the dilemma vibes too. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of that in this film, and I think the colors are so important in relating, like, or even the names. I think that Sarah, like, the main character's, like, her first name in Hebrew, that's a very interesting kind of idea of who she could be, perhaps, in a perennial kind of, like, uh, looking at the story. Because Sarah is Hebrew for princess. So, in one way of thinking, she could be, like, the Babylon princess. Yeah, that's it's very interesting. I mean, I, I can see it. I mean, it's it wouldn't seem like any of this stuff would be uh, applicable to these movies. I guess if you just watched it in a surface level way, but it's it's going like uh, so many different places. No, you're totally right. And I that's actually a good point in terms of the school because the school is very labyrinthine, like it's a maze and her you're it's a very disorienting film. That's how I, I what I found. Like even when she's coming out of the airport, there's like the red color with the turquoise doors, again, very Kabbalah. Yeah. And yep. you know, it's just there's a it's, there's a lot of things that very disorient you and kind of put you in tight spaces, even when she's outside. So I agree with you that there's like, there's just like in Kabbalah, this is just like a movie with a lot of layers. So yeah, people watch it. They can, you know, they can look and they can disagree. That's okay with me. But I just think, yeah, yeah, I think it's interesting if they, people like rewatch it because it's just, it is very occult. hundred percent. In my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And like all all the um, like quotes throughout the series where, it's like someone explaining the occult or affirming mm-hmm. it or talking about alchemy. Like mm-hmm. those just really stand out to me now. And um, that that aspect of it didn't feel like tacky or anything. No, I agree. He, I think he dealt with it. Like, I think. Well, you told me this, so I'm not going to take credit for it, but I personally think he was working through some kind of magical process when he was making this film. I feel like maybe it was just the 70s and everybody was like high on cocaine and just like partying in, in Berlin. and Rome. Yeah. But, or more multiple people knew because you, I mean, it's so thick in the movie. It's just yeah, so powerful. Yeah. You know, when Sarah walks into the school for the first time the next morning, She's wearing a violet, uh, white and violet dress. And it's just so, she's just like, she's Kether, but at the beginning. So I just, I, I mean, that's what I see. That's personally what I see. I just like, I, I felt like that's what it was kind of saying, even though she does not have red hair. So I'll just say that, like, it doesn't 100% right. correspond, but there's something interesting there, in my opinion. For sure. Yeah, no, I... I, I can totally see it. I think I think this movie is 
these movies are just pretty deep, like I was kind of saying. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But um, what else was I... There was something I was going to add, but um, I, I thought um, the soundtrack was really inter- interesting, too. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. It was made by this band, Goblin, a uh, progressive rock band. They did a bunch of these other horror soundtracks, scores, whatever you want to call them. Um, and just like the way um, it almost like sounded like an opera at times, and then it would <clears throat> it would just reach this um, crescendo, and then it would it almost sounded like I don't know, like weirdly like shamanic in a way. It's actually, yeah. Sorry, go generally. Me personally, I think soundtracks for horror, especially from 70s and 80s, a huge, huge part of it. Um, Especially with the Italian directors, you know, Argento, Pulcher. It just added that um, audio horror. To, to actually the mm-hmm. uh, the experience because um, that's what it's all about it is the full experience they and uh, unbelievable Italian horror was humbly unbelievably this time and it's a shame it's not like it used to be is it not at all Mm-mm. yeah that was an amazing point generally I just want to say like the I think uh, yeah the soundtrack is just amazing in this and just the diegetic yeah. And then when you compare it with, then you pair it with the colors and then you're getting something really interesting. Cause I will say this film uses a lot of flashing colors. So that's yeah. more of a, right. Right, Vinny. Yes. Oh yeah. And yeah. Like, that, and, uh, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. I didn't mean to. So, no, but yeah, you can kind of like feel it sort of reach those certain points with certain um, colors, like one, when um, someone's being chased or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then the music, um, the music kind of makes you feel claustrophobic because it gets, it gets really wild when like uh, the witch or whatever is getting closer to these uh, girls and stuff. Yeah. Uh, that is a great point. I, the, I feel like the sound is part is like the vehicle, maybe since she is the mother of air, maybe the sound right. is the vehicle for the spells in one way of thinking Yeah, Mixed with the color, obviously, but it's the both together. Yeah. And, um, uh, and the Thomas, de um, Quincy, I think, or Quincy, I'm not sure which way to say it, but, um, his essay, Suspiria de Profundis, um, he briefly explains who the three mothers are. And um, for Mater Suspiriorum, he said something about how she murmurs in the dark. And um, she almost kind of does that in a way because some of the students... Um, start suspecting that um, the person who owns the academy has been sleeping there. 
and um, there, there's this night where uh, the worms worms start coming down from the ceiling, so they have to like sleep in one room together. And on the other side of this cover, um, the witch is sleeping, and they can hear her. Like only one or two of the kids can, but it's kind of this weird murmur, um, sort of witch sound. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a great point. I think that makes a lot of sense. And um, the prominent color in that scene is like a well, when they turn off the lights, obviously it's bright and white, and all the girls are wearing white, and there are white sheets all around, and then what it happens it dims into like almost like a crimson but it's almost like a purple kind of crimson like very yesod like very yeah yeah right like very and it's very ominous and then you hear yeah, her breathing yeah. and wheezing and it's very like of the lower vibration so yeah i totally agree with you from that Uh, Vinny, did you think, um, do you want to say the, anything about the Hebrew letter? I know you were showing me on DM, like the, that article, which was really interesting about the Hebrew letters and how it, uh, sorry, corresponds to the elements. So we can talk about like air and then some of the elements of air that show up in the movie, like other than the sound that we talked about or the color but maybe some elements with the wind where the wind plays such a prominent role. Um, yeah, sure. I'm, I'm trying to see if, uh, where I have it pulled up here, but uh, otherwise I can just, um, look at this book. It does. I don't know if it has a tree in the book, but it just, um, it says like, which, you know, letter is attributed with, each of that three elements. Yeah, you can read that. That's that's totally fine. And I I'll pull up a tree and, and I'll explain it in the best way that I can if I you know if that helps you. I yeah. Don't know. yeah. Um. So the second mother is Mem, and uh, I. I believe that's water and it represents the womb. It's it's shaped like one. And um the third mother is pronounced sheen, which is Hebrew for transformation. And um Uh, which I believe that one's the wind, the air. You guys there? Yeah. yeah. Sorry, I'll... I'll... I'll see, uh, I'm going to find a different image that explains it better. No problem. Take time, really. No rush. Okay, here we go. This is a bit more nifty. 
So yeah, the three mo mother letters are Aleph, Mem, and Shin. So Aleph is air, um, Mem is water, and Shin is fire. So heaven is created from fire, um, the earth from water, and the air, which decides between the fire and water. And this is from safaria.org, uh, a Jewish text library on Torah, Talmud, and Tanakh. Oh, nice. That sounded like almost like a werewolf. What's going on, lads? <laughs> So, um, what, what would you like to add to that, Jen? You there? Jen? Jen? Sorry about that. I muted Jen, myself. I all, apologize. It's okay. I, I, I before, we before we carry on, um, the weather here, the wind is um, chronic outside at the minute. So my signal's like fucking up and down. And uh, is, it, what, is the weather the same where you are? Is it, is it quite windy in that? Um, no, it's calm here right now. I apologize. Oh, right, okay. I I muted myself. It was totally my own fault. Uh, totally my. I was trying to read something at the same time. No and, problem, man. Uh, no, that's what happened. I was just gonna say that the. Do you want me to read the situation on the tree, like where it's positioned, or do you want to do that, Vinny? Um, I'll, I'll have you do it. I, I just, for whatever reason, when I opened the book, it threw me off. It it made more sense, like what I had opened for the, um uh hebrew thing about the three mothers because oh, no um, problem. this this book is going pretty in in depth and it's basically like explaining how each of the three mothers is um one of like the uh hebrew holidays that's very interesting as well and we, we should definitely get into that too um yeah like they, yeah yeah, and so, but I'll just say this quickly, and then you can jump in with that. And so, the situation on the tree is between Kether and Chokma. Now, I personally, and I told Vinny and DM this, but I personally like Daph a little higher than most people place it. I like it in that intersection, that triway, three-way kind of intersection between Kether, Chokma, and uh, Benah. That's just my personal preference. I think that makes sense if you look at a crucifix, and then you look at where the skull those not the skull i mean excuse me the the crown of thorns are i think that mm -hmm. is probably where daf should be i think that's what that's kind of telegraphing to us so i'm just going to say that but so then i think that the transmutation from like air into fire i think that makes a lot of sense at that that kind of juncture so it's the fool card um and the colors are bright pale yellow sky blue blue emerald emerald and flecked gold now i just will say for the emerald like people will be like oh there's not that much green in it but there's actually a lot of 
uh, emerald green light. So it, it is there. It's just not a prominent color. It's more of a flashing color. Right. And yeah, the emerald green kind of flashes in um, this movie and, and in the third one at one point. Yes, and that is a very important color for uh, manifestation. And if you want to assign it to, I mean, people say Netsok has that green tone. Some people say that Hode has like the interiority of green. So I think that there's like different ways you could describe it or like coming off Tiberith. Um, it gives it like could give it a green hue as well if you're coming up from Chesed. So I, I definitely think that there's something really interesting with the green. And I love that her eyes aren't green either. So we should point that out. But it still is interesting because she is kind of a virginal figure in the movie. Like she has crush it. She has like a little crush on someone, but she's not like, uh, she's definitely not. She's more of a, a final girl. Like she has that more of that archetype of the horror film. Yeah. Movie, yeah. Right. Where she's not like, she's not like a party girl at all. She's more pure, innocent. Yeah. Yeah. And some of that gets, kind of deep like um the way like there, there's been a few like comedy horror movies that kind of um show how it's like almost like this weird ritual uh sacrifice thing in slashers where um the killer or whatever gets purified by the virgin or whatever mm-hmm mm -hmm. that was in um this movie called um, The Rise of uh, Leslie Vernon or whatever. And ba basically, um, it, it's just kind of funny because, like, he kills everyone and then he literally is like, you're the virgin, just kill me, you know? He's, like, <laughs> like putting the weapon in her hand. Like, this is, this is what it was all for. So... This totally, would you say, in your opinion, that this movie has that structure of not maybe a meta kind of final girl, but just more of like she's like a more traditional or maybe a, even a little bit of a telemite kind of final girl? Would you would you agree with that? Yeah, I, I think I would. Yeah, I think so, too. My That's my personal opinion, because the other kind of party yeah. girls, they don't really make it, do they? No. <laughs> nope, they were all <laughs> she was the kind of outsider they were all the popular girls and stuff mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and um i think it was interesting that also they they kind of picked like she kind of they had so many girls to choose from but she had to kind of like arrive at this like as we talked about as you said the black and gold pillars it's a red castle it's just very banal it's very like devouring mother coming yeah. up from right coming up from Gavura. it's the red with the black and it's just so intense and then you're seeing the gold transmutation that's so interesting to me and then yeah so i i totally think that she's she's like the princess she's coming up she for the first time she's entering this like kind of like a carnal ground or like a scary, a very like um, wrathful place. 
and uh, she has, but they pick her. So there's obviously some kind of like, not taint, but like there's something about the other girls that there is not quite right. Yeah, yeah. And she's also the least affected. Right, right. Like, um, I guess she, the only thing, they like kept her sleepy to distract her from her her friend dying, but mm-hmm. they weren't seeking her out. They they're just gonna, or the witch was gonna leave her be. Mm-hmm. Wanted maybe her to be like a disciple, maybe like like mm-hmm. you're saying. Yeah, I think that's. I didn't say that, so that was a total like original thing that you picked up on. But I was kind of implying it. Like, I felt like she's kind of like the initiate. She's like the witch who could possibly become one of them. She's not like one of the girls who's kind of like, you know, she doesn't seek power. She's from a well-off family. She has crushes, but she's not like, she's not like running around with boys. She's just, she's like very normal in many ways. And I think that that is kind of what keeps her alive and keeps her kind of like the heroine is that she's kind of rooted in reality and she's not she's not personally metaphysical. Right, right. Um one one interesting thing I was I was thinking um sorry what were you going to say Lee? Oh, thanks, Charlie. Go ahead, Vinny. Yeah, no, that I like that too. Um, I an interesting thing though is I, if we're, I guess we're talking about three mothers, like a, a dark trinity. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I guess could each of the protagonists be the uh, like sort of inverse of that? I guess the like. Oh, I love that. That's yeah. a great, yeah, that's a great point. I, I totally agree with that. I think that the threes, I think that if you're watching this movie, like Vinny said, look for the threes. I think it's in, there's a lot of threes and there's a lot of um, trinities and like tri- uh, and triangles. I think that symbol yeah, comes up yeah. probably the most. So yeah, I love that, Vinny. That's a great point. Or I, I guess not that the characters were the three, but there were maybe benevolent wishes, witches or something off mm-hmm. in the distance that were giving them the fighting power. That that could be it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that, too. I think that that's interesting when you look at the the friend and then also the girl that that got murdered in the first like a few minutes. I think that you see a lot of like it's kind of like virgin sacrifice but not necessarily sacrifice in the way that people normally understand that's more like the maiden trying to solve the mystery or trying to find the knowledge but none of the other maidens were quite successful so it takes a certain like element maybe elemental combination you could say so sarah's just the one who's able to write and like um the princess is kind of associated with hode and hode has like that uh, quality of air sometimes 
I mean, well, part of it at least, and because it's Mercury. So I just, I think there's something interesting there that the other one who's blonde with blue eyes and then the girl who passed away, who's also kind of like dirty blonde, they not, neither of them were able to kind of traverse the abyss. Only Sarah yeah. was able to write, like confront the witch. Right, right. Yeah, I definitely think, um, yeah, they're very specific about like, if a person, um, you know, like which eyes um, they have in these sort of movies, like uh, it makes me think of um, Big Trouble in Little China, the mm -hmm. John Carpenter mm -hmm. movie, the way mm -hmm. um, the they wanted the green-eyed girl. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're speaking my language here, Vinny. That's one of my absolute favorite movies of all time. So yeah, yeah, yeah. amazing movie. It really is an amazing this. movie. And yeah, you're totally right. Like the green eyes in that movie and then the like kind of phenotype kind of like or archetypes maybe is a better word. Like especially if I knew the tarot cards better and how it applied to the Kabbalah tree, I'm sure that it is possible to map it out. Obviously, I think of it in like my tantric Buddhist way. So it does actually kind of make sense to me in a way like it, i actually could see it from a, like to explain it like with goddesses but it doesn't really make sense to everybody else i don't think so no no but i but i think it's really interesting i think that there you're totally on something there yeah yeah um yeah sure man. oh um and um have, have you heard of lavana or Lavana. I have not. Okay, so it Lavana's kind of brought up in um Kinsey's thing, um, which was the inspiration for the um movies and I, I guess I'll give a little I'll explain what this essay is all about and who he was, because I didn't, I guess. But um Thomas Day de Kinsey, um, he was like, I believe he was um, an Englishman in the um, 18th, 18th to 19th century. And um, he wrote um, this book called Confession Confessions of an Opium Eater, kind of like um, Crowley's... Uh, Dope Fiend book or whatever. Yes. Yes, that's a great parallel. Yeah. And um, basically, um, the opium thing, it was about his uh, addiction with opium and um, just the way it, like, affected dreams. And um, he's talking about, like, death and mortality a lot. Um, Mm -hmm. And uh, that that's also what influenced his uh, Suspiria essay, too, mm -hmm. was his experiences with um, opium and reflecting on his childhood and uh, two of his sisters dying. And um, he mentions how, um, let's see. 
Levana um, was the Roman goddess of childbirth. Wow. Yeah, yeah. That's really that's really interesting. I was thinking also when you were talking about opium, how you could assign poppies to yasod. I think that's pretty common. Like, um, but opium itself would be at probably like bina or maybe chokma, um, dependent. But I think it's interesting though because it requires like um, opium requires like the process of the poppy's latex, so you have to like uh, use fire. It's kind of it's very alchemical, and you produce like a thicker resinous substance, right? It kind of looks like myrrh, and myrrh also has that kind of uh, it has some of the I don't know the chemistry of it, but it's it's some thing that it has like an opiate quality. So they use mm -hmm. like you can use myrrh as a painkiller, and myrrh is often assigned also to bana. So I think that's interesting. Like you get this kind of like um, you kind of it's like a it's kind of like a synchronicity or like a maybe like a one of those like magic things that just is like perennial and appears multiple things because I felt like this movie was did remind me very much of like opium den like had that very yeah. like you said claustrophobic tight red feel yeah no totally um and it's yeah i, I guess um the trippy colors and stuff like that too mm -hmm. but i mean other than that like uh, other than what you explained and stuff like you wouldn't really see the connection but the fact that he this guy's bringing up the um, Roman goddess and all this stuff, it makes mm -hmm. it a lot more interesting, I think. Mm -hmm. I, I totally agree. Yeah, and I, I think it's also interesting to compare the Roman goddess of childbirth, and then you could also say maybe it's like like the kind of the name of the series, like the Dark Mother. So it is like the birthing Dark Mother. Yes, yeah. Love that, dude. And, um, yeah, yeah. Also about that point, I think that there's something really interesting with the girls when they're in the pool. Do you remember that scene, Vinny? Oh, yeah, yeah. And then there's like a pattern um, in the pool, but it's like it has a lot of green flashing green. And then like the water is very turquoise. So it's like has like this very chassette kind of like quality of like them. These like uh, mermaids kind of are like um, nymphs in the water kind of emerging into the harshness of Bana. I thought that that's what I wrote down for me. <laughs> I just want to say that because I thought that was cool. Hey, I love that one, mate. That's a good one, though, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's interesting that um, that, I mean, I guess that was the place where they chose to meet and talk mm -hmm. and um, kind of decide their fate or, or one of their fates anyways. Like, like um, they're trying to talk this out, but... Um, um what what's going to happen is going to happen regardless kind of no i that's a great point because like the conversation has 
so what the sound that arises at chesed is the sound of understanding or not understanding excuse me of perception so you have to be able to recognize what you are hearing and so a conversation is very much that you're recognizing the other person exists and you're recognizing what the other person is saying now whether you understand it or not that's a different discussion but i think and that interesting to point out that sarah didn't quite understand the conversation that they were having she wasn't quite there in her um, maybe like she's not that far on the path yet she kind of knows something's really wrong she kind of like is like expressing her concern her friend is like much more neurotic than her for good reason though not saying it as like a pejorative yeah, she, yeah right because <laughs> like there are witches trying to kill them so like fair point but I think it's interesting. I just think that there's something really interesting and really Kabbalah about that scene in particular. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm not like, yeah. It's um, it's also interesting because um, I think um, the, these movie movies uh, well, this is kind of a sidebar, but I think um. The director of Insidious was inspired by these movies or um, Argento quite a bit. With like yes, Bennett, and I'm, I may add that uh, the Insidious series, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, more uh, unbelievable horror. Uh, I mm-hmm. love the Insidious series. Not in the latest one. Don't get me wrong. What's in the latest one? I can't wait to watch it. Apparently, it's. Um, Bit predictable, but <laughs> my daughter went and watched it. Instead, so uh, I was made up when she said, I won't watch Insidious. Fucking made up. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. But, I, yeah. Yeah. It, some of them got pretty stupid, but I'm I'm still going to watch them regardless and enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I, I totally agree. Just have fun with things. Like, who cares? Who cares yeah. if it's really good? You know, like just like right. enjoy what you enjoy and just have fun with it because like <laughs> there isn't that much good stuff anyway. So might as well just enjoy what you like. Yeah, no, yeah, exactly. Do you have any other bombs for us, Vinny? That you want to drop about the Suspiria, and I'll give my final thoughts after you're done. Um, yeah, yeah, sure. Um, let's see. Well, um, it's, it's kind of talking about how, um, Levana would be the one that would, uh, this Roman goddess would look over young children and then one of the other mothers would like take away the children so um it it is kind of getting into the child sacrifice a little bit in these um later well um in the in the third one anyways that's it honestly that's some that's a good find and i and i agree with you and i think that the downward facing triangle is so 
like we said, like this, it's kind of a movie of like inverted trinities, you could say, or maybe a series yeah. of inverted trinities. And even the doors, like when you look at the doors of the academy, they're they have five, or four downward facing triangles, which is very tantra, like very much like um oh generally knows I'm not that good with the clipolithic stuff, but it's like a Lilith character. Um, that's what who would be yes, like right. equivalent. So there's like there's something really interesting with what you said, Vinny, like kind of like a birthing or a caretaking or a maternal mother, like a, a Tara or Ugra Tara kind of like, but has like a wolf's face, like generally was saying like werewolves, because that just always reminds me of werewolves when I get yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I just I think that's really interesting. Sorry, generally. Yeah. Um, I, I guess all the other thing like is just I, I guess like the mothers are all seem to be kind of sy synonymous with each other in some ways. Like mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. they they could all just be death personified, but then but then they but they aren't at the same time. Mm -hmm. Would you agree with the thesis that? Perhaps there are different kinds of deaths divided. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think that's that's kind of the gist of it, because mm -hmm. um, that's the only thing that really changes throughout the three movies is just kind of the scale and scope of who's dying. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I totally agree with that. Speaking of that, I think it's really interesting the last like couple scenes where she walks down like this very labyrinthine kind of like, I guess, dungeon room and it's covered yeah. in black and gold. And again, like we talked about, Benaz very prominent in this film. It's like it's very closely related to Aleph, which is the um, Hebrew letter for and associated with the wind. And it's on that path from Benaz. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I just. That's really interesting, and I know General Lee will love this, and you can talk about it if you have any notes on it. But, but there's a peacock. An interesting peacock makes uh, appearance at the Pe very end. Peacock. Yep. Yeah. Why don't you tell him about that? Quite a lot off than that. I think you Mike Towers. Yeah, I mean, that's... I mean, I'll let Vinny tell you. Vinny, you can explain that scene, because I think Vin generally would really love that, and if you want to add any notes or whatever. Okay, so, like, basically what happens is um, uh, Sarah, right? Sarah, mm -hmm. our hero. Um, she... So after, yeah, she gets... She gets past, um, like like you said, the black and gold, which had a bunch of like Hebrew, a bunch of mm -hmm. different languages, like mm -hmm. maybe Greek and some other stuff. But she gets into the room where the witch is sleeping, and um, there's this uh, peacock, like a like a like a big ornament almost. I guess you could say mm -hmm. it's colorful. It's like kind of blue and. Mm -hmm. Was there a little little green or? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, totally got it. And um, yeah, and then that's in that same room. There's the um, all-seeing eye with um, the blue highlighting the left half and the red highlighting the right half. But um, 
she knocks over the peacock, and that's what uh, wakes the witch up. Yeah, and then what happens with... You can do a spoiler, it's okay. What happens with yeah. one of the feathers? She takes the feather, and um, the end of it is kind of shaped like a heart, this um, peacock feather. Okay. And she... The witch um, basically is uh, appearing or is trying to attack the girl as her dead friend, and then she can see a highlight of the witch, the invisible witch still sitting on the bed. So she takes the arrow and she puts it through her heart, or in, in that area anyway. That's, yeah, that's amazing. And it's actually also interesting because Hode right. is also associated with the archer. So if you're thinking of her as the maiden, she's coming up from Hode to Gavura to Bana to Kether but she uses the arrow to slay the witch on the way. So I think that's... And she, yeah. I guess archery because she had to aim or whatever. Like, mm -hmm. she she had to instinctively know where it was. It wasn't like she, she could just do it with her normal senses or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And was the arrow, Vinny, do you remember, was it made out of anything interesting or, like, had, like, an interesting quality, maybe? Uh, um, kind of, like, I don't know, like, iron, or what What would you say? I, I think it, it reminded me, personally, of crystal. Like, a crystal that maybe, if light passed through, it would become prismatic. Oh, okay, I, I see what you're saying. Yeah, I no, totally. So would you say then maybe that invisible light that came through the arrow that she was holding helped her to like find where the witch was? Like maybe she was able to harness the power of the like peacock's light or luminosity or luciferic quality? Yeah, I would I would say so. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I think that's an interesting way to think of it. And um, yeah, it's kind of I, I, I'll I'll maybe explain this more some other time. But in Insidious, they're cycling through these different colors like green, red, um, mm -hmm. blue, and yellow, and each one sort of has a different. Um, Le level of like what they can see or w one that one of the colors they see the most ghost with and um the whenever the green sort of lens in this um movie and um in, in the third one too is used it's it's always pretty interesting yeah i think that i think that that's a really interesting color especially for argento and like Obviously, you're saying also insidious. I think that's a really interesting color for people to look out for. I think it's a lot less common in the sense that people don't necessarily remember it being used, but I think it's a lot more common. But I think that people always look for the red and the blue. But I think that the green is a lot more interesting, actually, as a magical color. Just my personal yeah, opinion. Yeah, um, I, I actually... Yeah, I know of a few people that talk about the green um so I'll, I'll maybe have to 
elaborate on that more too at a later time. Yeah, like I'm not good at I can't really explain why I think it's interesting. I mean, I could explain it in like my weird British way, but it you know, I just I find it interesting and so I'm just putting it out there so you can definitely yeah, please do bring like whatever you want to bring next time and talk about green because I would love to learn about that and hear that. Yeah, sure. Mate. Good one, that, Jim. Next one. Um, did you think there was anything interesting about the death of the other coven people, Vinny? Did you? How did they die? Do you remember? Yeah, and they were. Their like eyes were like falling out. They were like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm bleeding and stuff and um it i guess they're basically like i don't know like collapsing or turning into they're going to turn into nothing Mm -hmm. that's very air that's a very like quality of air like death that's what i thought i thought it was very like drain the fluids kind of like an evil pervading internal wind yeah yeah and I guess because it's kind of, the building's kind of collapsing and like mm-hmm. the earthquake or whatever, mm-hmm. too. Yes. No, you're 100% right. And it's like a crazy storm. So it has like all the elements of destruction. It's like all the whole building is like what you said. It's devouring kind of itself. Right, right. And again, there's a lot of yoni kind of like... Um, you know, downward pointing triangle like symbology. So I think that's a very interesting. He obviously was reading some kind of like sex magic, maybe Manly P. Hall kind of stuff because it seemed to like be very prevalent. Yeah, yeah. And um, I mean, these movies are anything Argento does, it's very, I guess, kind of like. I don't know how to explain it. Just like, like done with uh, like sex appeal or whatever. Mm-hmm, like just, mm-hmm. just very like pop or or something. I guess that's a great way to describe it. Like very, it's like an it's almost like art film, but not quite. There's something very yeah commercial, but like in a very high. It's high style. That's how I would characterize it's high style. But it's kind of like, in the, it's interesting too to use like a horror genre, like a kind of a low genre, like I'm not a, you know, not the, it's not like a drama or something. It's like a kind right, of a low right. genre, right? But to use it as like a vehicle for an art film while you're also doing these like high style kind of like gonzo elements, I think that there's something really interesting with these films for sure. 100% magic. Yeah, totally. And even in like some of his movies that um, are less supernatural, maybe just a killer or something, like there's still like some sort of like I don't know, uh, like conspiracy with like mm-hmm. like a, a whistleblower or something, mm-hmm. and then um, yeah, and then he always does kind of use different like moon phases throughout Mm -hmm. a lot of the movies he's done like Mm -hmm. um inferno had the eclipse and Mm -hmm. uh, suspiria had a full moon and i don't recall if it showed the moon or what it was in for the third one 
but um, another one of his movies is called um, Tenebrae, which Tenebrae is some like phase of the moon or phase of an eclipse, some, mm-hmm. something like that. I, I don't know mm-hmm. off the top of my head, but. No, you're totally right about that. Uh, it, it refers to like the shadow that's cast off the eclipse from the moon. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. Um, so no, that's very interesting. And it's also like when, uh, like when the medieval church used to like clang the bell, like when there would be an eclipse, they would do the bell thing. So I think that's interesting as well to like, kind of, I guess, I don't know, like to dispel the darkness. Yeah. Save, saved by the bell, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's, Hey, that's good. That's good. Vinny. So do you have any closing thoughts, Vinny, before we close it out here? On this movie, um, should people watch it? Did you like it? Sure, sure. I'll, I'll give my sort of, I guess, review as I close out. Um, I, I think it, it's an amazing film. Um, like, I've seen it multiple times, and I think you appreciate it the more you watch it. Um, and same goes for Inferno. Third one is still pretty good. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think they should watch all of them, honestly, but, um, definitely the first two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not seeing it myself, but what do you, what's your take on the remake? Suspiria? Um, I, I still haven't it. finished it yet. Um, I, I've seen like about half of it. Um, right. Okay. I I wanted to show I wanted to show some people I know Suspiria, but I could only find that one, and then I I just shut it off because it it's uh, really kind of long and boring. Long winded. Yeah. 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 I'm I'm still gonna go back and finish it, but I. Uh, it doesn't, it's not the same thing at all. It's like, uh, it's a more boring kind of A- A24 movie. Basically shit. John O'Leary always made me laugh. It's very like dull and dreary too, I guess. Like not, not as colorful. So mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, definitely. I I have to agree with you. I love this movie. I forgot how I knew I, because I had watched it a couple times, but like years ago. So when I came to it to do the series, I was like, oh, okay, like I've seen it, but like, let's see how it sits with me now that I've had more experiences so yeah i just i think it's a really awesome movie i think this is like a total magician movie i think that if you like kabbalah this is a movie for you that's my recommendation so yeah (laughs) yeah yeah and i mean even in like the uh third one like the third one was is the most violent but it kind of lacks the some of the um colors and stuff but there still is a lot of uh, esoterica and a pretty badass um, opening theme for it. 
Yeah, and the soundtrack again, soundtrack, 70s soundtrack, especially these like Italian. I don't really like yes, the right. films, right? They're so good, but like the Giallo films are so bad sometimes. Like I know people love them. Yeah. But they're sort of unwatchable for my generation, probably for Vinny too, because they're just a little bit. They're weird I, and slow. And I, I like them. I mean, oh, you do like them? Okay, I apologize. Then. Yeah. No, no. I mean, but I I agree though. Like, like some of them, literally, it's only watchable for the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. And yes, but there are other ones that are actually like pretty pretty violent or just kind of sleazy but I, I there some of them are are entertaining just kind of how because of how ridiculous they are too no i totally agree and there are really good like there's tons of good movies in all these genres and people should really explore outside of like the netflix bubble and oh yeah like, yeah oh, watch oh, these older movies sure. right and yeah, I think that I'll probably have to give like a couple. I'll get some from you on DM. Like, what Jello should I be watching? So I'll start to expand my repertoire. And um, yeah, yeah. So thank but you. Better about, yeah. about cinema that has actually paved the way. Oh yeah, for sure. For the mm-hmm. of horror, um, just incredible visuals, audio, everything about it is just. Mm-hmm. Argento, Pulcher. Yeah, um, yeah, Pulcher. The list goes on. The list goes on. Um, but these are a true masters of horror and they delivered. Exactly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, but for sure. Them. Yeah. But Vinny, um, I love this, mate. I think it's been brilliant. And mm-hmm. for you to watch yeah, your thank you, guys. With this, I love it. Yeah, thank you guys, and thanks for making this happen. And yeah, I think I'm, I'm pretty happy with how it turned out. And I, I'll I'll go a little deeper into some of the stuff by the next episode. Like I, I just got a couple of these books. I mean, I already kind of had some of my ideas and theories, but I'll definitely dive deeper into the like how it connects to these Jewish holy days and stuff. Yeah. Like, that would be brilliant now. Yeah, 100%. Interesting yeah, to know, yeah, that the film was made in 1977, or released. I was born in 1977. You were? I was born in 1977, right? Do you have a magic birthday? Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> I was I was wondering if you were going to point that out actually the about the seventy seven I, I I forgot to bring it up but then the second one was nineteen eighty mm-hmm. which not as significant but no. I guess it's interesting that there's twenty seven years between um, Inferno and Mother of Tears oh that is interesting actually that is very yeah, so went yeah, from three. To 27. Yeah. Yeah. I like, yeah, that's, yeah, that's very interesting. Great. That's a great one, Vinny. I, I didn't catch that. I knew that 1977, I saw that. Obviously, that's like, you know, such a Babylon number. I immediately yeah, know yeah. it. And yes, but that's a great point. And then also like 1980, that's what we said, right? 
So it's yep. 10, so. 18, so that's a nine, and then the 27 year, so that's also a nine. Very interesting. Yeah. It's crazy how, how, how we um, put these shit together. Love it. And it, yeah, even with, like, it, how it's the the 27 years and how that's been used in some other horror movies. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. And, you know, um, well, we won't get into it, but that, that one guy, he's definitely, like, I don't know he's like a deep state actor or like a real writer or like an occultist or maybe all three. Yeah. But yeah. I, something really yeah. interesting. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. I want to know where the hell he gets, gets all this inspiration yeah, after exactly. reading yeah. a number of his books. Yeah. It's super interesting though. Super. Um, right. Well, Benna, mate, um, yeah, it's been a true honor. To help launch the Gilcast. Um, I know it will be a killer podcast, another addition to this community, which um, I, I'm proud to have been part of this. Hell yeah. Yeah, um, thank you, generally. And no problem, um, yeah, it's uh it's an honor to be a part of uh this podcast and this community. I mean, so yeah. so many people doing amazing work. I I can barely keep up with all of it, but uh, but yeah, I think some amazing things are happening out there. Yeah, we've got many plans as well, so we've got a lot to look forward to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as it should yeah. be. But uh, before before you go, do you want to plug your socials, etc., Vinny? Sure, sure. Okay. So. Uh, my Instagram, it, it was going to let me just do ghoul cast, but it was acting funny. So I, it's um, W-I, short for Wisconsin, underscore ghoul cast uh, 608 on Instagram. And then um, on X, you can... Um, Search for Ghoulcast. Otherwise, my at is K V L T O V G H O U L, and um, that that was just sort of my tag or whatever. Like I I still like it, but it's a little weird and confusing for people. And I I just I always thought I was like I I think it should be like. The ghoul cast. I like I like the ring of that better. Well, I'll say I actually do like your app, Vinny. I think it's very cool and very creative, actually. So I'll oh, say yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, be proud of what you achieved, mate. Um, mm-hmm. I've been there myself, started off. Um, you know, we all start from somewhere. Um, but uh, you need anything at all, way of you. We've got you back, mate. So, yeah, I love that. It's been a mint episode, uh, and for your first, for your launch episode, mate. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Mate, do you want to? um, Sure, sure, sure. Please, sir. 
Yeah, sure. Okay. So at X at Wukong Reborn, W-U-K-O-N-G Reborn on Insta, Threshold Saints, one word. Um, General Lee and I just recorded an episode with Charis. We just dropped an episode about uh, our first part of a series on esoteric Japanese Buddhism. We, uh, I'm at Threshold Saints on Spotify. My first episode dropped, uh, Rigor Mortis and the Death of Cantonese Cinema. Uh, yeah, so if you like Chinese vampires, check that out. That's pretty much where I'm at. Yeah, buy a t-shirt, oh, yeah. support General Lee, support the show, like and retweet. That's the best anyone, like, that's what the best help is. But, you know, do whatever you want. And, uh, yeah, thanks. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Vinny. It was a really yes. fun topic. Like, you, I know you came up with this. And I think this was, like, an amazing start, honestly. And, it, you know, this is, it can only really get better, so... Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah I'm so sure. excited to be in it. Thank you. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. it's been a true honor. Um, and I love you both. Yeah, thank you, love, love you too. Love both, love both of you too. Nice one, lads. Well, I, I'll stop recording now. Uh, but don't go anywhere, please. Don't go anywhere. As we move forward. Anytime you come closer to something, your vision should get clearer. Am I right? You are a tool in the hidden hand that's using you. Please don't be delusional. The rulers of this world practice confusing you. The people and the priests and the imams have been jammed by government scams. Mind systematically programmed. Blatant black hatred and racism. The way they lace the whole world and nation with traces of Satanism. This place is a pagan prison. The founding fathers enslaving intentions were no different than Bush's and Reagan's vision. 1776 took action. This Illuminati took form spawned from a Colombian faction Just sit your one dollar bill over And if you want me to expose the true code of deception I will show you We live in a designed wicked system The number 13 is consistent in Masonic symbolism It represents transformation 12 completes the cycle So 13 was rebirth and regeneration The meanings of the symbol are strategically here On the left side you see a 13 layered pyramid Over that since the all-seeing eye with the light Shines, a sign of the devil watching over you at all times. The words Anna with Coeptus, 13 letters meaning he has favored our undertakings. Will you accept this? Or will you learn the science and ignore them? Under the pyramid, you see Nova's Ordos of Chlorum. Translated, new order of the world, or the new world order. Authors and satanic fathers of mass slaughter. The eagle that you see on the right sits below 13 stars with a shield that has 13 stripes and an olive branch in its claws with 13 leaps, which is supposed to be in its talent to represent peace. But peace was always on a decrease. His other claw holds 13 arrows of war, set to be released. And the letters at the bottom of the pyramid are fixed, with the Roman numerals that equal 1776. The United States of America exists in the deep devilish abyss with truth and paganism mixed. Every president that ever lived was foul. They gather at Bohemian Grove where they bow down before the owl. See, the owl is wide from siege to the darkest of night. And there's a small one on the dollar near the one on the top right. It ain't hard to understand this government was never for us. The eagle was based off of the Egyptian hawk Horus. 
13 colonies who went to wicked sovereignty and made no apology for the obvious idolatry. Subconsciously, we follow the ways of the beast and pay homage to pagan gods when we say days of the week. Like Sunday, they worship the sun. Monday is moon day. Tia, the god of war, was worshipped on Tuesday. Odin, the chief goddess who Wednesday is named for. Thursday is Thursday, god of thunder, the mighty Thor. Friday was named after Frigga, notice the pattern. Saturday is the Roman god of agriculture, Saturday. Frigga was the goddess of love, the wife of Odin. The polytheistic theology needed to cope. The rituals like trips across the sand as man takes the skull and bones fraternity. The secret handshakes would understand. He receives only 33 degrees. He secretly believes in Lucifer and other deities. Many powerful and rich people are controlled by these. They even hold the soul of several of their favorite MCs. Politicians telling lies, tongues riddled with thorns, and use hand gestures shaped in the form of devil horns. You don't fear the city hall because you don't know what it entails. Satan tapers with stem cells and sprays chemtrails. The so-called holidays are hypocrisy. Established to use religious doctrines to commit annual robbery. Christmas split in half is Christ's mass. The so-called birth of Jesus where every home has glowing lights cast. Christ the anointed one mass, the first celebration. Jesus' birth was kept secret due to the situation. The king initiated the death plot because the Messiah was prophesied to rule so Jesus' murder was authorized. No one knows the actual date. That's why sometimes you see Xmas. X means unknown but ignorance affects us. A fraud that was purposely flawed. December 25th, the birthday of the wicked ruler Nimrod. His whole disguise was part of Satan's universal rise. A holy prophet's life being pimped and commercialized. Traditions like lights on trees. Rooted in the Nicene Council in 325 AD. So Constantine, these matters were decreed. The concept of a virgin birth was actually conceived and then agreed. With graven images in the temple. The fish on your car is called Onus, a Babylonian symbol. is visibly contradictory. Telling your children lies, you need to make them study Santa Claus's sick history. But yet we go wherever Satan leads us. The falsehoods we practice in his name ain't got nothing to do with Jesus. Yeah, yeah.